Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we work to recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Learn more at metronmanager.com. Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Nowlin. We're here today with Reverend Dr. Rafiq Wagdi Barsoom. He is the founder of a ministry called Message to All Nations. So Dr. Rafiq, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So your, your ministry is intriguing. You've developed an effective approach to reaching and discipling the Middle East through media platforms with often upwards of a million views for various programs. So I'm just curious, how does something like that happen? That's a great story. Oh, I am as curious as you are. <laughs> Obviously, because uh, we, we saw the, land, the, the hand of the Lord um, in a remarkable way. So the story of the ministry comes like this. Uh, we were all fresh medical graduates coming out of medical college, medical school. Uh, so young physicians and um, myself and my wife, we are classmates. Back then she was my fiancé. And a few others from the medical field, whether uh, colleagues of ours um, or, or dentists or pharmacists and so forth, started a ministry of mobilizing and equipping and training medical dentistry and pharmacy students and, of course, nurses and, and physiotherapists and so forth. Uh, for missions. So we would run conferences, training events in, in mission hospitals and, and such things to be uh, training them and equipping them for the work of the Lord as medical missionaries. So medical missionary doesn't mean that they would, you know, go uh, into a, a certain field and, and heal the sick only, but, you know, whatever they are, whichever area the Lord has sent them to in the marketplace or wherever, they would be using their gift and skill and platform to A, be good stewards with their medical profession, but B, which is more importantly, be ambassadors of Christ. So we'd equip them in discipleship, we'd equip them in apologetics, wow. we'd equip them in evangelism and missions. And this is and all happening is, in Egypt, right, initially? It started in, yes, it started in Egypt where okay. we were um, training to be, um, to, like my, my um, medical college was in Egypt. And then, you know, the ministry grew from there. Uh, we started introducing some courses that mobilizes the whole church. So soon after it was uh, broadened, the ministry was broadened to cover areas beyond the medical field. And this is when we started using courses like the Perspectives course. Okay. And then, uh, you know, this had to be given my full-time attention. So the Lord provided for me to become like the full-time, the first full-time of this ministry. And then I, I had to study theology, of course. And so I went to England with my wife to, to Wycliffe Hall, Oxford, and studied some theology and then went back 
started teaching in the seminary, and then we started running courses after courses on discipleship, evangelism, apologetics, missions, and life coaching, and so forth. Wow. Now the ministry uh, began to go beyond Egypt, so to different countries and and areas uh, around it. So probably in in the time uh, since we started, the Lord has taken us to 20 or 25 countries for ministry. Okay. But then something happened that, and and then, you know, I taught in the seminary and we had conferences running every year, courses and evangelistic missions and then medical, um, medical evangelistic missions. And we had a team of volunteers that was growing and we started to hire uh, some staff as well. But then something happened that I was totally um, opposed to Hmm. and the Lord has worked on me gradually to accept it and then to use it as a platform. So a media director uh, approached me one day and asked me to uh, prepare a program, a TV program for him to be broadcasted in one of the Christian TV channels on answering questions from from the majority world, like from the other faiths. Okay. Initially, because of my connection to missions, I used to... um, I used to apologize and I used to reject actually all the all the requests for me to appear on media. So whenever a Christian leader would ask me to be his guest in a show, I would tell him I would be very much happy to help you from behind the scenes, right. behind the screen, not in front of the screen. But then this late 2016, the Lord worked uh, on me and and challenged me and encouraged me to accept this uh, invitation. What happened was I put this program together and then one TV channel that is based in Europe, but they broadcast all over the Middle East and Europe, took the program, produced the program and took it. I, I never knew that this was an important thing. So I squeezed in three days of my schedule, just, you know, in between travels and conferences to run the program before and after conferences and so forth. And we have shot uh, 26 episodes, 26 30-minute episodes. Wow, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work in three days. But then, you know, it was uh, preceded by uh, weeks of preparation, obviously. And then what happened was stunning to us. Four months later, after the editing and, uh, you know, the back the back office work of the, of the channel, they started broadcasting the program. And each episode was broadcasted on this channel probably 14 times a week. Okay. So this channel covers the whole region and some of parts of Europe, and they had 14 times a week for each episode. So imagine 26 episodes, 14 times a week each. And then three three weeks later, I got a, a, a phone call from the channel, from their manager in, in, in Egypt, and she asked me to come to her office to pray together. So I went and she said, now we saw the program. You know, the, the, the program was only into its third week on, on air, on television, but they have seen the whole thing, you know, in, in the channel offices. Okay. So she said, we have to go live. 
we have to go on air. We prayed, prepare yourself, prepare your family. We are going air. So going on air, live program, partly apologetic, partly evangelistic, is not an easy thing. Because yeah. only one mystery can put you into legal jeopardy and, and threaten your security and your family and so Yeah, especially if you're doing that in that region of the world. So we prayed, and then a few months later, we started the, the live TV. But before starting it, they started to share, that was late 2017, some clips of those episodes into social media. So on Facebook, on YouTube, and so on. So I would log in as a user. You know, I'm not part of the channel, so I'm only content provider. So I'd log in as a user and find that some of those episodes or clips would be there watched by 60,000 people. You okay. know, where did they come from? And then thousands of comments. And then some people in the channel would tell me about the follow-up team that are, you know, taking the calls and the comments and the, the back-end work of, my, of, of our channel, uh, of our work, and they say, wow, we have people coming to Christ, with people, you know, establishing their faith. There is something happening here. Okay. So this was so encouraging for us to go into the live TV. Now, as I told you, Jonathan, my schedule never changed. I was still teaching in the seminary. I was still doing the courses. Our uh, ministers, you know, preparing conferences. Everything was there. But it, it was very evident that the Lord is taking us through the media direction. Okay, so the live program happened and the Lord has, has his hand upon it. Now, when you're talking live programming, are you, you're talking bro like broadcast TV or satellite TV? Or was this an online expression already at this point? That was that was satellite TV okay. through this channel. So we would shoot the program on air. Right. And it was coupled by a Facebook platform and also uh, YouTube and so on. So we'd okay. go on air on television as well as Facebook Live and so forth. And of course, the Facebook page of that uh, channel at that point was like quarter a million people. So it was watched by people on Facebook. But then, of course, the television had, had the widest spread. Right. A year later, a Christian foundation that used to fund the program approached us as a ministry, Message to All Nations. And this usually doesn't happen. You know, usually we should approach foundations. Right. But they were very, <laughs> they approached us and said, there is no way you couldn't be doing this. You should be doing social media and you should be directing some efforts to social media. So if you see that that's uh, something you want to do, we will host a training in the city and you can send your team and we will hire a special coach for you then we could give you a grant to start your social media strategy from. So I said, okay, wow. it's a very new world for us. Right. Let's pray. But I believe it's, you know, where the Lord wants us. And then we started planning and working on the social media without, you know, neglecting any of the other arms of the ministry. But it was very evident that the Lord was putting us there. What happened, Jonathan, then was... Our team went to the training, and I went on a preaching tour. That wasn't, you know, the, the, <laughs> on my highest priority then. I didn't know. Uh, I don't know if I told you or not, but 
I was born and raised in a library, like, you know, my, my habitat, so to speak, as they say in seminaries, was a library. So, okay. so, uh, so my, my, like, I was nurtured on books, uh, books and, and journals are my, like, uh, second, second nature. So media was not on the top of our priorities, okay. but definitely how it is. And, and and I can um, see the theological significance of, of it later. But what happened then was our team and myself then trained for six months on how to be able to work a social media strategy that works. And the six months ended at around February of 2020. Okay. Where we started the campaign. By the time we started the campaign, something else started in the whole world, which was COVID. Oh, boy. And the whole world shifted digital. Yeah. And we were not able to do any of the physical events, but by God's grace and his wisdom, and in his wisdom, he had put us already on an online platform that was there serving the world with our uh, social media platform called The Way on Facebook which has in the first year has been seen by 4 million views and more than 1 million minutes and okay. more than 50,000 followers. And then YouTube, which now has almost exceeded 5,000 hours. Okay. And we have uh, been growing this. But these numbers are good as metrics, but what is more um, encouraging are the feedbacks. So okay. the, the amazing team that is doing the follow-up for us sends us this feedback that that lady who's alone in her faith in a country that is very closed in the Gulf region is corresponding and she told us that she's a convert, Christian convert, all alone in a country that has converts that you can count on your own hands. Hmm. And she's been encouraged and touched by our uh, videos and programs and posts and so forth. And she's being discipled by one of our um, staff person every week. Amazing. These stories keep you going. In a wedding of my sister-in-law, I was there in, in this fancy hotel. And my son asked me to go to the bathroom. So I took him and we went outside of the the wedding hall to this also luxurious hotel bathroom which is spacious and so forth yeah so i found somebody coming to me and telling me i know you i said hello he said i am major general in this um section in the military I said so so pleased to meet you sir i was recruited in the military myself so mm. i know the same he says, no, 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 I know you and I'm watching your television shows. So I thought he might have, you know, he might be a Christian and watching. said, you know what? The, the managing officer of my office is a Christian. Okay. And I am that high up in the military. And he told me his job. He like, he travels all over the world to buy weapons for the military. Right. So he's that high up. And then he kept for 20 minutes. And we were in the bathroom. And at that point, I don't know where my son was. Oh, Probably man. My, bro- my, my brother came in, obviously, and took him back okay. to the hall. 
But then for 20 minutes, he kept telling me uh, about his stories of encountering Jesus. Like he went to the Soviet Union in one time and bought this video on the space. So he encountered God. Of course, Soviet wow. Union was atheistic. Yeah. And then he goes to the States and he buys this video, the Jesus Christ uh, movie and so forth. So it builds up. And then he sees the program, my program. And he kept for like 20 minutes telling me ideas and issues about Christ. And he quoted me word for word. Of course, I had no idea I said this. And he relates it to what he had seen in the Jesus movie or what, you know, his reflections. Until that point, I don't know, you know, right. whether I'm speaking to a real person or a fake person and so forth. He looks to me like a general. He speaks like a general. He, he doesn't have like a regular cell phone. He has those things. But then we went out and he told me, let me show you my wife. So there I went and she was veiled. Okay. He told her, this is so-and-so. And I discovered that he knew my name from this channel, from that program. And she told me, oh, he's watching that all the time. <laughs> and then I went in. And I discovered that his wife was a, a colleague of my, uh, uh, I mean, my sister-in-law was getting married to, to her husband, and she's the colleague of this husband's mother. When I met this mother later, she told me, you know what? He's not alone. Hmm. I know now that there is a group of them that are searching active seekers. Wow. So I'm very grateful that this platform which I never thought would be used by our ministry, is now reaching a lady who's alone in her faith in this dejected, rejected area in the world and reaching this general high up in the military. And they are both hearing and knowing and being confirmed and affirmed in Christ like the other. Amazing. That's very Amazing. Now... We never stopped writing, we never stopped lecturing, but it looks like the Lord has an, this amazing uh, platform. So this would, you would almost be able to term this as a, a full pivot and a, what I would call an embracing of an online or social media platform emphasis or focus to reach a very diverse but transparent areas of the world, like where you can't hide things, there's no other options for things, like it's just out there, whatever's there is there, but you can maximize that, right, through social media platforms and video delivery. Yeah, I love, I love the way, I love the way you put it. We have to think of three, three uh, areas of media that uh, are there now, and okay. I think they're all to be used for the gospel. The first area is the you know television and satellite industry, which is still there. Okay. No, no one knows when will this disintegrate, but obviously, the, some people prophesied or envisioned or forecasted that the radio would disintegrate. I'm a, I'm a big radio fan, so it right. did not. Uh, so that's called traditional media, but there is also the new media, which is the social media, interactive, dynamic media. Okay. Uh, like all those uh, high-tech companies in the West Coast funneling and taking all your money on 
advertisement and so forth, <laughs> like uh, Facebook, Facebook and Apple and, right. and Google. And, but then the third would be the online platform, which is available for everyone. Wow, praise God. What an amazing journey. And to have arrived at this point during COVID when the world has shifted and changed and so much is closed down and there is such a need for a different way to engage with people, a different way to get the messages you're communicating out. As you and I have gotten to know each other, it's pretty apparent that our ministries resonate on the urgency of what I like to describe as recovering the dignity and mission of vocation. So the importance of the workplace, of the marketplace, and as an emphasis in uh, what we teach in the future of missions. Can you share some insights on what you believe and why there's a need for understanding vocation as central to the future mm. with reaching the Middle East, discipling the Middle East, and maybe even other challenging areas of the world? What are some thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I love it uh, that you coupled maybe two, three things of my passions together. The first would be uh, the understanding of culture. You know, this is the heart of missions. The heart of missions is that uh, God did not have us cross our cultural and linguistic and abilities, or rather disabilities, to reach him, but he had crossed himself right. all the boundaries to reach out to us. So the heart of missions is us as missionaries crossing all the boundaries to reach to those whom we are called to reach. Right. And so understanding the culture generally in the East and particularly in the Middle East and to the great extent in the West now that I live or I have lived you know, in, in many areas uh, in both worlds, I would say that like like uh, sociologists say, the, the Middle Eastern culture is an honor and shame culture. Dignity and shame. And definitely dignity is derived from many, many reservoirs, so to speak. But the healthy dignity is derived from being productive, being fruitful, being able to benefit yourself, take care of yourself, and benefit the society. Mm being good steward of your gifts and talents and the earth and the creation and so forth. So that's from one side. Right. It coincides perfectly with the Middle Eastern culture being a, a culture of honor and shame. From the other side, being this middle, the, the Middle East and the East and, and the areas where Christ is not yet known, you can hardly get a missionary visa. That's true. It is not advised and not a good thing to be uh, sent with an identity that would probably put your ministry and your people that you serve in danger and jeopardize the, the, the whole thing. So from one side, you know, I know many missionaries who go with a fake business portfolio. Right. And this is a disgrace to the Christian testimony. And that is what we have in, in scripture, the mandate to the, the Genesis 128 mandate, um, the, the mission of man. Correct. Yes. Is, and I know that you have emphasized that in your teachings, is to 
be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. It is to tend and use our gifts and talents and and God-given skills and time and energy and effort and all of this to take care of God's world and to benefit and bless others. Right. It is part of our mandate as humans and let alone as missionaries and sons of the Most High. So in highly uh, sensitive cultures and, and very closed countries, this is of extreme importance to have a, uh, you know, a, a center and a focus on work and the importance and dignity of work and your calling and, and your teaching uh, of Metrin is of pivotal importance. Interesting. And this is why we started our ministry from the medical platform. We didn't want to raise missionaries to go around just with their theological training. We started with people who are trained medically to use their medical profession on top of, or I mean, the core, of course, is their spiritual calling, but coupled with the medical profession so that Jesus can be shown in deeds and words. Correct. And so this was in the heart of my passion, in the heart of our ministry, and this is our call as Christians to excellence as well. So there are so many things that are coupled, and I think they are all met by your your teaching and your emphasis in Metrin Manager, John. Praise God! What a great what a great uh, testimony and good and good encouragement for the work I've been doing. Being that I'm pretty unfamiliar with uh, how this is heard or experienced in the Middle East, it's not been an area I've worked a lot in in my life. If truly understood and applied in these concepts with theology of work and the concepts I talk about with mm-hmm. Metron managing, you know, what kind of difference would it make in that region to somebody? If someone really internalized that, would you see a significant change in how they thought or lived or operated, whether they're a, particularly a believer, but possibly even a Muslim or a non-believer? You know, I would look at Jesus as a purely Middle Eastern Good example, great example. Our Lord, who is the greatest theologian in all history and before history and after history, was trained as a carpenter, or some people would say that he was a builder. Correct. To use his metron, to use his capacities to take care of himself, his mother, and the needs of others. But then when I... Look at Jesus as a theologian. Look at Jesus' parables. I mean, I can't think of any that is taken from an illustration from the temple. True. Maybe one, the tax collector and the Pharisee. I can't think of anything else. Right. All the other parables are taken from the marketplace. Shepherds, workers in the fields, uh, even tax collectors, and and fishermen, and so forth. So. All the teachings were in the marketplace that touches people's lives, daily needs, daily uh, entanglements. Sometimes the, the theological teaching is so alienated to people's daily living mm-hmm. that they are not touching at all what they are passing through mm. because we have alienated ourselves. So I think such teaching would restore the importance of the Christian witness in marketplace mm. for a believer 
And that would have a huge implication and effect on the non-believer as well. Because if I see the Christian testimony in the marketplace, I would not, if I'm an unbeliever, I would not be able to go to church to see it. Because right. all Christians are angels in church, right? <laughs> but the Christian, the real Christian is a Christian in the marketplace, in his faithfulness, in his stewardship, in his excellence, and how he treats others, and how he lives for Christ in every word. And in many parts of the Middle East and the Eastern world, thankfully, they have thriving economies. In fact, two or three of the Middle Eastern countries are on top of you know the, the economic index in the whole world. So if you think of those countries, who who should be there to be witness for Christ? I'm not speaking about you know economic economically developed countries as well. Um, yeah, you can generalize that to each uh, location. Sure. Who would be there to enlighten the world for Christ? It is us Christians who are living, being witnesses for Christ in in this marketplace. Amen to that. I have a chapter in my book talk a lot about uh, being designed to shine. And this is the mm. opportunity and the mm. platform to shine in the darkness, to really draw Amen. a distinction and a contrast Amen. between the world system and the system of the kingdom of God. And Amen. that's an exciting, that brings a level of excitement and passion into your work world. No matter what mundane thing you might think you're doing, you get to represent uh, the ways of God into that sphere. And um, God is proved. Well, I love God has proved totally proved out in that environment. Amen to that. Amen. So message to all nations and the Metron manager project. We're preparing to collaborate on creation and distribution Mm. of video content based on my book, managing your Metron. What kind of impact do you believe we can make through this partnership? First of all, I'm I'm uh, I'm very grateful for your, your ministry, Jonathan, and I'm excited about this partnership, which actually grew slowly and steadily. And and as we bounced right. the ideas and and bat them in prayer, I believe that uh, the Lord has kind of directed us to a very effective way. So what we're trying to do, just in a nutshell, is to present the teaching and the material that you have outlined in the book. In, in a format that is attractive and enticing for youth especially. And Lord willing, we'll have the, the book translated. But as we know, in the Arab world, people are not as readers as they should be. Here as it's well. It's improving, but... <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the trend now. Yes. They say in the beginning was video, not in the beginning was the work. I had experience with that. There was a book that I, uh, I wrote and I, I taught through in many settings and many, um, many uh, you know, teaching uh, opportunities and so on. And it was published and got some, some very minimal you know, uh, attention because people are not so much into books. But then once we put that into videos that were shot in a nice way, very small, videos, short videos, they were watched by thousands. Yeah. So I would, I would think that uh, the series of videos that we are planning to produce could be used on our social media platform now that we have 50,000 or, or maybe by then we'd have 60,000 followers and we have a very good track record of 
boosting, but also follow up on both YouTube and Facebook. And uh, the way these uh, platforms are structured is very um, uh, exciting because you can also gear your videos towards certain uh, sector of society. Like, let's say we, we could gear them towards the the working sector. We can even gear them towards different locations. Right. We can gear them towards different age groups. So if we target this, you know, the, the workforce, and especially those Christians who are yet new to the marketplace and they are designed to shine, like you said, we can, you know, design the boosting so that we reach them. And I would, I would really think that, uh, the Lord would use these videos to reach thousands and encourage them. But also my, my hope and prayer is that uh, many would be reaching out to us, asking us about this material and many could come to Christ through this testimony as well. Well, that's really exciting. And I'm encouraged. This will be a, a great adventure, a great journey to uh, partner with you and your ministry on this. I think we will see some really good kingdom fruit from this. Amen. And Amen. Make it a great impact. Well, thank you for your Amen. time today. And thank you for uh, doing this interview. We look forward to seeing what God brings out of all of this together. Thank you, Jonathan. And I look forward to uh, take the journey with you. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast, presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.